Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, a journey to finding your voice. I believe that our stories are powerful, our experience have helped to teach us important lessons, and our stories help us to use those lessons to teach others. Stay tuned to hear some great stories and learn how you can use your own stories to raise your professional profile, promote your brand, and become a published author. Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, the journey to finding your voice. My name is Jennifer Wright, and I am your podcast host. I am here today with Laura Timmon. Laura is a marriage counselor. Laura is a psychotherapist, and she is the only clinical and integrated hypnotherapy. She has the only clinical and integrated hypnotherapy school in the state of Georgia and has had that for for 22 years. So we're going to be talking to her today about lots of things. We're going to talk to her about about blocks. We're going to talk about the the things that we kind of need to help our minds get through the stuff that we need to do to be able to write our books. Because as we've talked about before, book writing is a very mind thinking activity. So we're going to, she's got some great tips and tricks and, and information for us today. So before we get into that, though, I just wanted to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by ExecuWrite. We are a book writing and publishing firm. We help business leaders go from being great business leaders to great published authors and help them get their words out into the world. So if you have a book in your head, your heart and your soul, and you want to see what it's going to take to get it out there, take a look at our website. That's execuwrite.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. Check out the programs and go ahead and schedule a strategy session. We'd love to hear your story and see what we can do to help you get started. So hi, Laura. Welcome. Thank you. How are you today? I am great. I'm great. I'm so excited that you're able to join us today. I think you and I have talked a couple of times. We've talked about the the practice of book writing as well as the practice of, of, you know, doing a lot of things, a lot of productive work and just living our lives. And there's so many things that we get caught up in. And I think you've got some some great insights that you can share, you know, based on, you know, your many years of of psychotherapy, hypnosis, and, you know, lots of things that you do. So, so I'm so excited that you could join us today. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to be here because the kind of work you do is so needed. You know, people have an idea in their mind of what they want to do, and they they don't know how to do it. So having somebody hold their hand through it is a really valuable offer gift i'd say having somebody hold your hand through it is just a beautiful gift because we don't know what we don't know i remember when i first started to write my book and i thought i knew how to do it how to do it and and i think that's a problem with most things is that we think that we know or we know that we don't know, and we don't know how to find the information. So having someone who could hold our hand through it and and guide us makes a really big difference. So I, I applaud you for the work that you do to help all of the people to reach their goals. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
You know, I I have a belief that if we have something that is slowing us down or something that we we feel intimidated by or we feel overwhelmed by, that just kind of understanding the process can help us get past those blocks. And that and that's one of the things I try to do is try to help people. You know, everything has a has a process and just to help people understand the process. And then once you do that, it can help take away some of the some of the fear, some of the the overwhelm feeling that might be keeping us from getting started. That that's so true because we have two elements, I think, when writing a book or when doing anything creative, is we have the task part and then we have the creative part. And they mm-hmm. they're in two different parts of the mind. And because I understand brain function, I know that there are some of us who we're not organized and we don't have systems. And then there are others of us who are very organized and have a lot of systems, right? And there are some of us who could easily go into imagination, some of us who can't. So there are differences in people and and everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they're really passionate about or something that the world needs to know about. And so they're going to either live in the category of they're organized and and they're able to follow a, a pattern, a plan, a pathway, and the other group where they're not so organized and they they get distracted easily and it's hard for them to stay on on track and so to be able to address both parts of the brain makes a difference and to be able to know that you know there are no perfect people and mm-hmm. whatever it is that our strength is there's always a flip side to it and whatever the flip side is is a strength so to have someone hold their hand through the process, like what you're what you're offering, what you do, it makes a really big difference. And I know you understand about that um, left brain, right brain process because that's something you and I have discussed. I think in our last conversation. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's 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 so fascinating to me when I get into really thinking about how the mind works and how the mind can help us. And then it can also like stop us. And, you know, once we start to understand what's happening, I talk a lot about um, lies that we, and that may be harsh, but, but stories that we tell ourselves, I can't write. I don't have time. It's too hard. I don't know the process. And it's just, it, it's the stories that that we're allowing ourselves. And I do it in so many different ways and not, not just book writing. I do it with, you know, with everything that feels a little uncomfortable. You know, if, if I get invited to a party and I don't know a lot of people there, I'm going to tell myself, you know, you know, I'm going to go there and there's not going to be anybody to talk to. Or I'm going to, so, I mean, I, you know, that we, we tell ourselves these stories constantly to either get us going or hold us back. Uh, and it, it's just so interesting when you start to understand that 
there's so many things going on, like in our minds there. So you're talking about self-talk, but you're also talking about the subconscious mind. So in, in my book, Accidental Hypnosis, I explain about how past experience or how brain function may interfere with what a goal is, right? So mm-hmm. um, if, I've, if I've tried to write before, let's say, and I had a bad experience, if I tried a diet before and I had a bad experience, if I tried dating before and had a bad experience, if it was just a simple bad experience, then I might be more easily inclined to try it again. But if I've had repeat experiences that were uncomfortable or that I failed, then I'm going to be less inclined to do it. And the way the mind works is through association. So if I'm associating whatever it is, writing a book, losing weight, dating, any of the things that that we in our lives may want to do, if I'm going to associate it with a negative experience, then I'm going to be less inclined to want to do it because the mind is always going to try and protect you. The mind is always going to say, oh, that happened before. You better be careful. Don't do that again. And we believe it because it did happen. It's it's not even something we could argue about, but we forget the context in which things happen and we generalize. So if if I tried to write before and I didn't do well and I I just couldn't finish because there would my family was too needy or because I got I got distracted and I didn't know where I was going or I didn't have a plan, but now it would be different if, let's say I set aside time where I told the family, I'm going up to sit in my car, you know, I'm going to be sitting in the garage, don't worry, the the motor won't be on, but that's where I'm going to be. Or I'm, I'm hiring Jennifer so that she could help me plan it out. You know, the mind associates with the past. And it, you know, we could be mad at ourselves about it. We could tell ourselves not to feel that way, but it's an automatic protective device. And so what we have to do is remove that belief system. Sometimes we can't do it ourselves. Sometimes we've had a lot of negative experiences with something that we just can't see how we would get get ourselves to think differently or feel differently because it's become a belief for us. That's, to me, the beauty of the hand-holding, whether you're hand-holding as they write, you say, do this and do this and do that. But the structure and the person who's helping them be accountable and soothing them through those difficult spots. Awesome. Thank you. 
I think support is, you know, the point that you made about the handholding and support is something that we all need. And as book writers, because it can be such an emotional process, because it can be such a such a, a a mind work process, I think support is critical. And it doesn't necessarily even have to come from someone like me. It can come from I I encourage writers to get, I call them writing partners, someone that they can, someone else who is is working on a project. Um, or even someone that you can just have conversations with about, about your project. And, you know, to, to really kind of on a regular basis, have those conversations and get that support from, from someone else who might be going through the same, the same thing. So I even found that having sessions with someone where we may not even talk about our projects, we're just sitting together and writing. Those have been have been very powerful kinds of because you just feel you just feel the support when you're together like that. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's a great point about that. And you know, you can find it in so many different ways from you know from from friends, from family. I also know a lot of writers tend to want to keep what they're working on a secret or because of kind of the emotional attachment that we have to it. So in the work that you do, the hip hypnotherapy work, you really get into kind of removing those, a lot of those things from a more subconscious level. Do you want to, can you talk about that a little bit and how, how that works? So every experience that we have, it, it paints a picture for us. So it either experiences build us up or they, you know, remind us of things that didn't go well. Brain function has a lot to do with it too. So if a person is highly analytical, they tend to maybe be a little more perfectionistic and they don't want to just put out anything. If a person is more right brain dominant, more in the feeling mode, then they're going to flow more easily. It's just what's natural. They'll they'll shoot from the hip. And so you have two different kinds of brain function. And neither one is better than the other. They both have positive things and they both have the flip side. But often People don't know who they are. So for me, I I didn't know that I had ADD. I mean, but what I did know is that if you put me in a group to work with other people and people would talk, I would I would be so distracted that I couldn't concentrate. I would have to go in a, in a room where no one is, and just focus. And so people misread that, but they say, oh, Laura's not friendly, or Laura's this, or Laura's that. Well, it isn't that. It's that this is how my brain works. And, you know, 
in my school, I teach about the differences between how people move through the world, how they see, how they interact, their relationship with their mind, the relationship with their body, because all those things affect how we're going to write, what kind of chances we're going to take, our past experiences are going to influence all of that also. And so if if you could understand who you are without judgment, which is a really hard thing to do because right. we compare ourselves, you know, to who we should be or who this other person is or how they did it. And really it it isn't possible for me to be like you. It is impossible for you to be like me. I can learn from you. I could move towards being like you, but if if for me being social while I'm trying to write is is impossible, then I'll feel more distressed doing it that way. And so to be able to honor you know who we are, to understand who we are, and to be able to work based on who we are would make a huge difference. The difference between feeling like you belong, feeling like you're accepted, feeling like you're okay, versus feeling like you don't measure up. And there's so much not measuring up feeling when we're doing something that we've not done before or that we don't understand. So it's always that battle that we come up against, just like you said earlier, because I didn't, I, I don't know how to do it. I couldn't do it. Maybe we're tapping into old experiences where a parent said, what's wrong with you? Can't you blah, blah, blah? Or you, you know, what are you, an idiot? And so when we try something we don't know, we don't, we don't know what we're tapping into. But we know that we have self-talk. We know that we have experiences. And when we say, I'm going to do this, and we give up and stop trying, no matter what it is, it's all the same thing. It's the way our brain works. It's what we tell ourselves. It's our past experiences. All of those things combined. So understanding it and working through it in a way that's self-respecting, a way that somebody could explain to you so that you don't feel like there's something wrong with you. You understand this is this is the result of this and that. And and then you have a plan to move through it. You know, there are so many things that as I became older, and I'd like to say I learned these earlier when I was an adult, but it really took me into, you know, being into my, you know, 40s, late 30s, 40s, before I started to understand some of these things. But I really started uh, you talking about being in a group. I discovered that I actually work, work better alone. Even when it's a group project, I work better when I take my piece and kind of think about it. And we talked about this. I'm a processor. I need, I I rarely can get to an answer quickly. That's probably not fair. I can get to answers quickly, but I get to better answers when I have time to think. 
And so I do much better when I can take a piece and go and kind of work through it myself than trying to work through it in a large group. And, um, and, you know, so just things like that, that I've discovered about myself have allowed me to adjust how I operate. And honestly, I think that's one of the, was one of the things that's always drawn me to writing because writing always felt like a, a singular or solitary activity. Uh, and, and I didn't need, you know, other people involved in it. So, you know, starting to understand that about myself has just has been tremendous over the last several years because I could I could adjust. And, you know, of course, you can't always have the perfect situation for for you. You have to adjust to other people as well. But once I know those things, it it helps with with my relations with other people and my ability to work, you know, to work better with people. It, it's true. How you process makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about that. So as as we talked about that, which is why I love talking to you, is because I would say that we're deep thinkers. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes a while. You percolate and you go into the nitty-gritty. And some instances it works for you and in other instances it works against you and that's right. been by the flip side you know I'm often very envious of the people who could just come into a room and talk to everybody mm-hmm. and that's not my natural ability and so so we could learn how to be more one way or another but our natural abilities are our natural abilities. And so if you're very thoughtful and you're very cautious, it works for a lot of things, but it also gets in the way of, let's say, completing that project because you want it to be perfect. So I could say that when I wrote my book and it's also recently launched, but it took me, I'd say it took me 20 years to get to the point where I could do it in a year. And I think you know what I mean, but what happens is you have an idea, but it isn't fully formed. I know, I knew I wanted to talk about hypnosis but not hypnosis that people think about when they think about hypnosis, like, you know, barking dogs and clucking chickens and silly things that embarrass people, but what's underneath it and what's underneath it, hypnosis is a state of overload. Mm -hmm. And when you're overloaded, your analyzing ability steps aside. And so Mm. your subconscious mind is available. So when you're overloaded and you say to yourself, you start pulling up all the upsetting things, that makes the upsetting things stronger. It's like you're doing accidental hypnosis Mm -hmm. to yourself because emotion 
and reliving something. And those suggestions are a hypnotic state with suggestion. So overload is hypnosis. And when I was younger, I I couldn't formulate the concepts well enough to even explain it. And I think that happens to people is we have an overview idea, but to really be able to formulate it in the way that we want to put it out there, it's a process. So for me, it was 20 years in the making, but then when I was clear about what I wanted to say, I had all the pieces, but I didn't know the formula. I didn't know the format. And so I did write the book maybe 10 years ago, but it was a little book and it wasn't well done. But I didn't know it wasn't well done because I didn't have somebody to monitor or to guide me who was an expert in that field. So the mind, the people in place, all those things have an important role in book writing, but also in everything we do in our life. Who we are, understanding who we are, understanding how we process, understanding what our goal is, the path to get there. And the path is always different for different people. Oh, you know, you're so right. So what what is something that that writers can do who so either so blocks blocks are blocks limited beliefs um the things that get us stuck so are there is there anything that someone can do that when we get stuck to kind of help us to work through that to to get you know unstuck So you have to divide that into two categories. Am I stuck because I don't know what to do or I don't know how to do it? You know, is it a task thing or is it that my brain isn't working? Like, am I clear about what has to happen and I just can't do it? So. For me, being stuck, it could be my brain isn't working well today. I can't concentrate. So as a person who has ADD and didn't know it for most of my life, there are things that happen that I'm responsible for. Like if I stay up too late, if I stay up too late, then my brain isn't going to be as clear as it is if I get enough sleep. If Mm -hmm. I eat too much sugar, if I eat, but I don't eat sugar anymore, (laughs) but if if I eat too much junk food, it affects if my brain is foggy or clear. Those things matter. So is my block because I'm I didn't set myself up well because I shortchanged myself, but I'm not even aware 
of, you know, that influence, mm-hmm. you know, is my block because I'm feeling anxious because there's a deadline. And so now the anxiety is overriding my creativity and I can't get that out of my mind. Is my block because I have an appointment and I need to get ready? What's causing my block? You know, is it a task related thing? Is it a personal thing? Is it an emotional thing? Is it tied to the past? Is it the self-talk? Am I saying, oh my God, here I am sitting down. I've just wasted three hours and all I have is one word. All those things create blocks. I mean, and we're going to have all those things. So the other question is really, what are your expectations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if your expectations are, I should be able to, and the should, I should be able to sit down and write this book. And you see all these things, write a book in a weekend. I mean, I know people who have, who believe that you could write a book in a weekend and maybe they can, but I can't. My book took me 20 years, right? And so it took me 20 years until I was able to formulate it. And then I needed help to lay it out because I just didn't know. So what is your block? That's the first question. So what tips can you have for your block depends on what your block is, right? So it sounds like the first thing is you really can just kind of explore yourself and figure out where it, you know, where it's really coming from. And it's a hard thing for people to do for themselves mm-hmm. because we have blind spots. We don't know, but there are things that we do know. Like I know if I'm talking to myself, I mean, I'm always talking to myself. It runs in the back of your mind. And usually we have the same chatter day after day. There's a theme to our chatter. Do we wake up in the morning and say, it's going to be a great day and I can't wait to get out of bed? Do we say, I don't know what's going to happen today. Or do we say, get your lazy butt out of bed? You know, how do we talk to ourselves? What what do we anticipate? So if if my self-talk is undermining, and again, it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I've been conditioned to think like that. Maybe I'm a high left brain dominant person where I'm analytical and I may tend towards perfectionism, then I may I may be that person. You know, if I've had a parent who is critical or a partner who is critical, I may be that person. And those things, that's to me accidental hypnosis because we internalize it. So the first thing to notice is what am I telling myself? And where does it come from? 
And is it true? Mm-hmm. Because we never ask ourselves if it's true. Right. Because if we feel it, we think it's a fact. And if we have an experience of it, then it feels like it's real. But the truth is that our experience may be real, but it may be living in another time. It may not even be accurate for this day and time. So first question is, you know, what am I saying to myself? And, you know, can I appreciate why I'm saying it? Is it to motivate me? And if it's to motivate me, but it's stopping me, can I find another way to talk to myself? Mm. So try to turn, turn some of those, some of those things around that you're, that you're saying to yourself. And that's the goal, but it's, it's not easy when you're believing it. Like if I believe that I'm an idiot, you know, I believe I'm an idiot. How am I going to turn that around? Well, the way that I could turn it around is I'm, I could say, I feel like I'm such an idiot in writing this book, but I'm not an idiot in helping people. I'm not an idiot in caring for my sweet puppy. I'm not an idiot in terms of thinking, you know, and so I have to build a bridge. That's something that's very important because people think very black and white. Mm -hmm. I either can do this or I can't do this, but I mean, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Everything is and also. But we look at things as either or. So maybe I feel like I'm an idiot in this. and Maybe I am an idiot in this. I'm definitely no genius in writing a book. But it doesn't mean that I can't learn. And so that's the bridge. This may be true. I'm stuck, but it doesn't mean that I can't discover a way to move forward. Nice. Yeah. I think that's, that's critical because, you know, we have to, we have to find ways to move ourselves past these, these blocks. And then there's always ways to get help. They can, you know, they can talk to someone like you, they can, um, you know, there's, there's videos, there's, you know, there's different ways to learn how to get past this. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's kind of up to us to to take to take the advice and take the the learning and and figure out how to how to turn it around and say different things to ourselves. But often we don't even realize right that we're because it's such an ongoing thing and we believe it. I mean, whatever I say to myself, I believe it. Mm. I'm not trying to put myself down. I'm not trying to lift myself up when I'm in that automatic place. I believe what I believe. And and it's those beliefs when we're stuck, how we navigate them that either take us forward to prove something different to ourselves or leave us in the dust. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. We all have that. And 
you know, when we have enough of those those experiences that we don't know how to turn around, we give up. Yeah. Because it's too painful. And so I only know what I know. I only know how to find what I know how to find. If I don't know how to find it, how am I going to get there? And so we could say it's up to us. It is up to us. But but that's why there are so many different people in the world doing so many different things because we all need each other's help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I came across this statistic. It was a survey that was done. And in this survey, this they found that about 80% of the people that they talked to felt like they either wanted to write a book or they had the information to write a book. Only 24% of those had even started and 6% had gone enough to say that they were um, halfway through their book. So, so uh, we all, many, many of us want to do it, but very, very few actually get through the process. And I suspect that all of these, all of this that you're talking about is, is a big reason for that. Yeah. It's, so if you're a, if you're a right brain dominant person, in my experience, you could write but you're not organized. Mm. You're, there's no order to it. And you need someone to keep reining you in. Mm. If you're a left brain dominant person, and I'm talking about extremes, okay? If you're a left brain dominant person, it, you're going to spend 20 years writing the book because it has to be perfect. And it's not exactly perfect. And you're going to need somebody to like, help you to let go a little bit and so the two different kinds of needs and i'm just talking about brain function i'm not talking about even content and then there's a formula that i didn't know until i started writing my book and got help that's why having someone who's done the the um who's a publisher that's why it's so important to have someone like you who knows how to edit, who knows how to set up a storyline because it's a formula. It isn't just writing a book, but the rest of us, we don't even know that there's actually a design for it. You know, I right. know someone who, who um, was going, wanted to do a TED talk and there's, a format for yeah. that. So there's a format for everything, but how would I even know? And I think that's probably one of the biggest barriers to writing a book is that you don't know that there's a format. You don't know what the format is and you don't have someone telling you that because otherwise it it's like, how am I going to do that? Yeah. I'd say that's the hugest part of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, and within anything that you, that you do, that's new, there's, there's, I break it up into two things. There's what you have to learn and then there's practice. 
you know, if you wanted to learn how to play the piano, you can't just pick up, you know, pick up a sheet of music and play the piano. You have to practice and you have to get better. And I think that's one of the things I think in a lot of things that we do, we forget that we have to practice. You know, it's a good point. So in my school of hypnosis, I have a lot of information on the front end and in the back end is application. So just being able to help a person enter the state of hypnosis, you need to be able to explain hypnosis and you need to be able to test how a person learns. So I have it written out, right? And the student reads it, you know, they understand it. But being able to read it is very different than internalizing the information through practice and being able to do it. And that's exactly what you're saying. So information versus application. Practice, integrating it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I I believe so. I believe so. So... Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I have enjoyed this. I've learned a lot myself. Um, I appreciate your time. Before we go, though, tell us about what what do you have going on? What what do you do? You have any anything new happening right now that you want to share with the audience? Well, thank you, and I enjoyed this conversation. Also, I always love talking to and listening to you, and. I do. I have a um, weight loss, willpower, and wellness program for people who who traditional diets don't work for because, you know, they're restrictive. And I address the mind, and it's a shameless, blameless kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that's coming up in September and October, and it's going to be a six-month program. And it's going to include brain function. It's going to include hand holding it. It's going to include therapy. And it's just going to be very soothing and, and loving. And, and that's what I have going on. And I have the, the school is taking applications. If somebody wants to learn how to do hypnosis and help people because the world needs help. And they need it in a soothing way, part that goes to the subconscious mind, because that's the driver of behavior. So those are the things that I have going on. And you could always go to my website and reach out to me. Okay. We'll put your website on the in the show notes so they can okay. they can uh, get in touch with you. The audience can get in touch with you. And I have to tell you, I have just so I've always been a very very um, logical thinking person. And it's not until the last few years that I've, I've started learning more about a lot of alternatives and um, hypnosis is something I've started learning more and more about over the last year or so. And it's fascinating. I wish I had discovered it when I was younger, but you know, you, you learn when you learn. But it it is a fascinating process. So highly recommend to anyone out there, if you haven't looked into hypnosis, if you haven't 
you know, if you've never done it before, I definitely take a look at it. It it's it's been um that with some other subconscious work that I've done. It's it there's been some significant uh, things that I have seen come out of it. So so it highly recommend, you know, taking a look at it. So check out Laura on her website. Like I said, it's going to be there on the show notes. And one last question, Laura, I always ask this of my guests, um, because I like to know what other people are, are reading or have read. Do you have any books, a book or a couple of books that have really inspired you um, over the years that you, that you'd like to recommend? Mm. Well, that's, uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay. Yeah. I caught you off guard on that one. Sorry about that. Yeah. You know, because I'm, because I'm like very super focused on what I do. Most of the books that I've been reading over the last few years and probably 20 something years are about psychology, about the mind, Mm -hmm. about hypnosis, all of those, that's, that's, those are the books that I'm going to tell you about. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear, hear about some of those at some point. So, well, thank you again so much. I got a lot. I know the, the listeners got a lot out of that and I appreciate it. Good luck on your program. I am very interested to see how it goes and, and I'm sure you and I will be, will be chatting more. Um, I'll look forward very to soon. It. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. To, yes, thank you. Um, and to the audience, thank you very much for listening. And this has been the author's way. Thank you for listening to the author's way podcast. I'd love to hear from you about any future topics you'd like me to cover or other authors you would like to hear from. Head over to my Facebook page, The Author's Way. Like that page and join a community of writers, authors, and fans. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.